God's word for our meditation this morning is the second lesson appointed for All Saints Day from 1 John chapter 3. John writes, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. This is the word of our God. She was in and out of foster homes between ages 4 and 11. Five homes to be exact. Olivia lost her parents at just the age of four. And already at that age was seeking for love and acceptance for new family, what she was missing. And so she'd be placed in a foster home. And there was love there, there was care there. But she'd push back a little bit to see how much did they really love and care for her. And as soon as there was some pushback, as soon as there was some disobedience, those families were quick to give up on her and say, I don't think she's right for us. She's going to have to go back. Five homes in seven years said, we can't have her. And so finally, at the age of 11, there was a family who came along and said, we will not give up on Olivia. No matter how hard she pushes, and by 11, she was pushing pretty hard. They loved her. They made her feel safe. They accepted her, and they adopted her. You know, our story is not much different than Olivia's, isn't it? Every one of us just wants to feel like we belong. That we're where we need to be, where we are loved, where we're accepted, where we feel safe. It's what we all long for. That's what our hearts deeply long for. And, and how often don't we try to find those things in, in so many different places, don't we? That love and that acceptance and that safety. We're trying to find it in all different places in our life. But, but many of those places have failed you, haven't they? And that's why being here is so important. That's why this time together here is so vital for us. Because we hear about one, and we're reminded about one, whose love never gives up on us. Who at one time was our enemy. Who at one time could have nothing to do with us, but... But he took us into his family, maybe even kicking and screaming, not by our choice, not by our will, not by what we have done, but he has brought us into his family and said, I love you, and nothing will change that. You can feel safe no matter what, that this is home. John writes to you, dear Christians. 
See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Dear Christian, that is what you are. You are a child of God. That is what he has made you to be. He has brought you into his family. He has adopted you as his own son and daughter. And not because of anything you've done. Not because you're a good person. Not because you're better than other people out there. Not because you go to church. Not because you are trying to be a good person and a good father or mother or child. But because of his love for you. That's it. That undeserved, unforced, unasked, unconditional love that he has shown to you, that he lavishes on you by giving his own son for you. By loving you enough to saying, I am willing to, to send my son and to ostracize him, to turn my face from him, to let him suffer all alone for your sins and for the sins of the world. What great love our Father has lavished on us that he was willing to, to see his own son's blood shed so that we could be brought into his family. So that we could feel this sense of belonging and love and acceptance and safety no matter what we've done. No matter where we've gone, no matter what we've said, you are children of God. That is what you are. Just think about that for just a moment. That the Almighty God, the eternal God, wants you to be part of his family. He wants you to be his son or his daughter. And he has made the way for that to happen. He has done it all so that he can say to you, you are my child. You are my family. You belong to me. And you know what that does? In addition to bringing us that peace and that certainty of that love of our Heavenly Father, it brings us into a family with each other too. That as you look around in this, in this room today, that every one of these people sitting here are, are your family. They are your brothers and sisters because they're all sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father too. Think about what that means. We are family. And think about what family does. Family cares for one another. Family serves each other. Family loves each other no matter what. And that sense of family is something that we, we need, isn't it? And we long for it. That's why when, there, when there's struggles in our family, when there's hurt in our relationships in our family, that's why it hurts so much. That's why it bothers us so much and it weighs on our hearts so much because we know that's not the way it's supposed to be. This is not what family's supposed to be. We long for that sense of belonging with each other. We long for that sense of place of love and, and safety 
with each other. And that is what we have been called to be. That is what we are. That great love that the Father has lavished on us, we get to live in that love and be that love to each other. This group of people gathered here is a family. A family of faith. A family of God. Brothers and sisters in Christ that love each other, that care for each other, that serve one another, that need each other. That's what family is. That's what family does. And the world, right, they look at this family and what do they think? They're going to try to convince you you don't need this family. That you're doing just fine without it. That it's really not that important. That the family of God and the family of believers, it's not that big of a deal. John writes about that. He says, the reason the world does not know us is that it does not know him. Right? They don't get it. They don't get what would gather this group of people together on a Sunday morning. I mean, just look around and see. We are just from all different places, all different backgrounds. What would bring this group of people here together? Our faith in Christ Jesus. That blood of that one shed for us. That one baptism that has made us one family. The world doesn't get that. We shouldn't expect that they'll get that because they don't know him yet. They don't know the blessings that he gives to a family of believers, but we do. And so while the world says they don't know us and they don't care about us and they want us to think the same thing, that this isn't important, this doesn't matter, we say no, it does. Because this, this is where my fellow believers point me back to the cross. This is where we get to admonish one another in love. This is where we get to remind each other of the full and free forgiveness we have in Christ Jesus. This is where we get to worship together and pray together. This is where we get to unite our voices to our God. To the world, it's nothing. To us, this is everything. These blessings that we now get to enjoy, that the love of our Father lavishes on us. These blessings of being part of his family, being his sons and daughters, this, this family that he's called us into as brothers and sisters in Christ, these blessings that we enjoy right now this morning, that we can to, get to enjoy every day of our lives on this earth. But, but the best is yet to come. Do you know that? As wonderful as these blessings are that God showers upon us, the best is still yet to come. John writes, dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You see, this family, this family that we share here, as I said in the children's message, this is a family forever. We get to enjoy the blessings of this family for eternity. Think about what that means. You look around this room and you see not just people who are my brothers and sisters for an hour on a Sunday morning, or even for a lifetime, but for eternity. Today, as we commemorate All Saints Day, it's a day in the church here where we get to, get to remember our loved ones, 
our loved ones who have died, but now really get to experience life what it's really meant to be. For our loved ones who have fallen asleep in faith, we saw that beautiful picture in Revelation 7 of, of what they now get to enjoy forever. But the other part of All Saints Day is not just remembering those who have gone ahead, but also remembering that we're going to be there too. That we will be gathered together as the family of God from every tribe and na nation and language and people on earth. That all will be gathered together before that throne who are part of that family of faith. Because you have brothers and sisters in faith who are not in this building this morning, but who are throughout this world who proclaim that same Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You see, this family is forever, and that means something. And we long for that day when we will be gathered together. When we will be like him, like Christ. When we will be free of this sin and suffering and struggle. When we don't have to deal with trouble in relationships anymore. When we don't have to fight sickness and pain. When we don't have to even think about death. When everything that divides us now is gone. We long to be with that family of faith in eternity, to be gathered with that, as we confess in the Apostles' Creed, that holy Christian church and that communion of saints that we long to be with all the saints. And we have that promise that he will come again and we will be with him and we will see him forever. But we're not there yet. We're still in the struggle. We're still in the fight. We're still in this veil of tears, walking through this valley of the shadow of death. We're not there yet. We get these beautiful songs that we get to sing, like Jerusalem the Golden, and these pictures like Revelation 7, that we get to be reminded and encouraged that this is still coming, this is waiting, that God will fulfill this promise. But as we sang in our opening song, we're not quite home yet. We're almost home, but not there yet. And so what do we do? What do we do now while we wait? What do we do as we wait for that final and full gathering of all the saints before the throne of God? John tells us, all who have this hope, all who have this certainty and this confidence in Christ Jesus, that that home in heaven is there and it's waiting for us, they purify themselves just as he is pure. We continue to purify ourselves. We confess our sins to God daily. We live in daily repentance, receiving the purifying atonement of our Savior Jesus Christ for all of our sins. We come back to the waters of our baptism and remember that there God washed us clean. God has given us new life. We come up to this table and we receive that sacrament of Jesus' body blood given for you for the forgiveness of every sin to purify you from all unrighteousness. As we wait for when, as we wait for that final and blessed home of our eternal life, that Jerusalem, the golden of heaven that we're waiting for, we continue every day to say, Jesus, come and purify me. Forgive my sins. Clothe me again in your righteousness. Remind me who I am, what you have made me to be. 
child of my heavenly Father, with a great love lavished on us, and then to live in that love together, to show that love to one another, to be the family God has called us to be, a family now, a family forever. That's God's promise to you. Amen. Now may God himself